Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the, the podcast that brings you inside our uh, student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church in Watson, Louisiana. Hey, it's Matt, your friendly neighborhood student pastor. Um, welcome back to another week. Uh, this was a this was a kind of a weird week. It's, it's the beginning of summer, and our summers are, uh, like I, I'm pretty sure I said this last summer, our summers are always a little strange um, and, and, and weird just because, you know, people are in and out, there are things going on, and it's... Sometimes it feels it does. It feels busier than than the school year does. But um, but hey, it's we're still we're still meeting. We're still hanging out. We're still going through the word together, and so it's a great time. But uh, but yeah, last week we finished our series on how to uh, looking at more practical ways um, to live out your faith. And uh, and so um, next you know next week we're we're getting into our summer series. But but tonight was just kind of a. You know, kind of a one-off, but I, I wanted to kind of get into um, you know a, a pretty a, a pretty awesome passage we see in Scripture, a really important meeting that Jesus has um, at the well with a with a Samaritan woman, and um, there's so much there uh, to unpack and go through, and it's just um, you know a perfect picture of Jesus's compassion and his love for people. But um, but hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything, so we'll get into it. Let's rewind it back to Wednesday night. Well, welcome back to Wednesday Night Refreshed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, by the way, this is not live. Um, I did record this live, uh, but my uh, my mic that I used to record this, it died and um, and recorded like the first like five minutes and then it it uh, didn't record anything after, so um, this is a, a re-record. But hey, it's okay. But okay, I'm so glad you're here. Um, happy summer, by the way, to you. You know, summer's like officially here. I think. Um, you know, this is the first full week our students are out of school. If you're out of school, if you're a student listening, and that's got to be nice. But uh, you know, when I record this live, I asked, you know, if you're, if, if you know, it, it's nice, but but your bodies may not be there yet. You know, you're still probably waking up till. You know, to to get ready for school, that internal clock is probably still set to to school mode, which is probably not fun. But, but hopefully, um, you know, hopefully you'll kick that habit soon enough. But, but, um, but we're gonna celebrate the the beginning of summer next week. We have our annual sobo, our schools out blowout, and uh, we're gonna have some fun and some games and some ice cream. Um, and it's supposed to be Q and A Wednesday as well, as it is the last Wednesday of the month. But we'll see how that goes. And then after that, we're gonna go. We're gonna get into our summer series, which is Psalms of Summer. We're going through the Book of Psalms this whole summer, and I'm really looking forward to that. But before we get to all of that, we've got tonight, you know. And, and tonight, I want to focus on something to to springboard us into summer, and you know, and, and as we um, as we look ahead to all the fun things that we have in front of us, um, yeah, I just don't want to forget why we why it is we meet together. You know, we meet together simply for the fact of of, um, you know, worshiping God as a body of believers and growing in faith and knowledge of our Lord and King Jesus for, for the sake of living for him daily. That's why we do it. And as summer gets started, you know, as it's busy, you know, sometimes it's busier than, than the school year even is just with camps and, you know, and all sorts of different things, you know, vacations and, and we have a lot of things that go on during school, during the summer. Um, and I just don't want us to lose sight of the reason why we meet together, the reason why we, you know, we we stud, we we take a break midweek and, and and go through God's word together, um, and so I challenge you to 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 stay committed. You know, to meeting together through 
Um, you know, even if it's just taking time to listen to our podcast, you know, just, just, I challenge you to stay committed to, to growing in faith, um, this summer, you know, don't, don't stop, don't stop doing that. Be committed this summer. But speaking of commitment, you know, tonight we're looking at a passage that, is always so powerful because it shows Jesus meeting somebody where they're at, living in sin, and then after that interaction, you know, we see a life changed and lived out for the sake of proclaiming the good news. So if you have your Bibles in front of you, you can turn to John chapter 4. Um, go ahead and turn there to John chapter 4. All right, if you're, if you're there, you know, John chapter 4, looking at verse 1, read along with me. It says, When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went to Galilee. He had to, he had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. So you can stop there real quick. Um, so we, here we have Jesus, right? He's preaching and he's teaching and while his disciples were, were leading those to him and, and baptizing them, showing them to, to be new disciples. And so Jesus was gaining all these new followers, and the Pharisees, they did not like. You know, they did not like that. And so they, they heard this, and I'm sure their wheels started spinning with ideas on how to put an end to Jesus and to and an end to him gaining all these new followers. You know, the Pharisees, remember who they were. You know, they were these rabbis, these teachers, you know, the, the priests of that time who followed religion to the T who strived to follow the law of Moses, the, the Ten Commandments, and, and they put all their faith in, in the law, thinking that it could save them, that it, that the law alone could, could save them, right? The, the law could get them to heaven. They thought of themselves as, as perfect and blameless while looking down on others. So it turns out they weren't so perfect after all, were they? But they had this mask of perfection, you know, and um, they knew of a coming Savior, but they simply couldn't grasp that Jesus was that Savior, you know, that he was the Messiah sent from God to to save humanity from their sins. And so they had it out for Jesus because he was coming between them and comfort. So, and I love this, and it says Jesus heard the Pharisees, heard about him gaining followers, and so he left the area, and he had to travel through Samaria. You know, um, when, I was, when I was young, you know, um, we went on a family vacation, and... Um, and it was probably one of my favorite vacations we took as a family, and we went to San Antonio, Texas. And um, you know, it, it it was it was a great vacation. I highly recommend you. Got the Alamo, got the Riverwalk there. It was just a beautiful place, a beautiful old Western town. Um, and but on the way back, it didn't really go as planned, right? You know, uh, my dad ended up getting really sick. He couldn't drive. Um, you know, and then my mom actually got sick, but she had to drive because I was like only 14 or 15 at the time. I didn't, I wasn't old enough to have my license and I had to do my mom's part, which was navigate home using an old school map. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but, um, so I had to do all the navigate. My mom had to drive while sick. My dad was in the backseat sick. And so it was just, didn't go as planned, right? You know, there was this, it kind of, our plans diverted a bit because of um, the sickness there. Uh, has that ever happened to you? You know um, that you're maybe you went on a trip or something, and and uh, there was a diversion, right? Something just didn't go as planned. 
And it's always not fun when that happens, isn't it? You know, um, like you get up that morning to leave and then bam, something happens that ruins all the plans or something, you know, on the way makes you have to go out of your way to, you know, to, to get to get where you're going. And life can be that way. You know, you, you, you have like a future career path or future goals and you have it all planned out and then bam, right? That, that future is taken away from you. Now what? Are you ever stop and focus and just look for God in those times? You know, maybe stop and realize that God's plans for you are, are far better than, than your plans. You know, that reminds me, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 13, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not for your disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know, there's joy and a lot less stress in letting God in and have control of your future. And and, and here's this diversion that Jesus that had exe- uh, that had Jesus exactly where he needed to be to be in contact with a very specific person. And so we have the diversion, and na- and now we get into the conversation. Look at verse seven. Verse seven: A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because the disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is that you? How is it that you, a Jew, ask it? For a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep, so where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Well, go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true, sir, the woman replied. I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the the place of worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. Because salvation is from the Jews, but an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Ooh, that just gives me goosebumps when I read that last sentence. So after being diverted to to Samaria, you know, he ends up at Jacob's well. You know, and the disciples, they go off to get food, and they leave Jesus there. And then a woman comes up to draw water from from this well. And, And a normal thing happens, right? A normal thing starts to happen. It was was as normal as as gassing up your car 
on a road trip would be today. But but this was not some coincidence. You know, Jesus was not here at this well by some coincidence, by chance. You know, there's there's no luck happening here. And and, and Jesus then he does he then does this weird thing, and he asks her for a, a drink. And this was weird, you know, for for two reasons. Number one, that she was a woman. You know, and women were not seen as important back then. I'm sorry, ladies. Um, but and, and number two, she was a Samaritan, you know, a, a half Jew. You know, Jews looked down on them. There was this, this racial bias. The Samaritans were seen as, as lower than dogs and women. So, hey, there you go, ladies. But she had two things not going here. You know, she had two things not going her way here in this situation. You know, she was a Samaritan woman and that's why she's a little confused as why Jesus who's a Jewish man was was speaking to her asking her for a drink of water no Jewish man with half a brain would want a drink from her so she thought because the cultural norm was that Jews and Samaritans they don't mix but but Jesus hey he does things a bit differently you know he goes against the cultural norms then and and he also does today by the way, but but then he begins to have this conversation with her, starting off simply by asking her for a drink, and you know, and he and he tells her that if she knew who was asking for the drink, then she would ask for one in return, but of living water. And now he's getting into spiritual matters. Now what we see here is Jesus evangelizing to this woman, you know, sharing about spiritual matters in the best way possible, which is by just having a a simple conversation you know, by sharing truth, and he does it in a way that we as believers, we need to emulate, right? You know, it's not about debating or criticizing, but it's done in a way that shows that you care for that person, that you want them to know God's truth, especially when it comes to to sin and, and the consequences for it. And before this conversation happened, by the way, Jesus knew what the sin condition of this woman was. You know, he knew her heart, just like he knows every single heart that that is listening to this right now, just like he knows your heart, just like he knows mine. You know, he knew that he needed to speak to her on spiritual matters, that she was in need of, of this living water. And, and, and we see it here saying, hey, you know, if you only knew who was asking you for a drink right here, if you only knew who was in front of you, and then she's confused, like, like you don't even have a bucket. You know, how are you going to draw, draw water from this well? You don't even, you don't even have a bucket. You know, and then where, where and, and how are you getting this so-called living water? I'm doing air quotes right now, by the way. And, and better than, you know, are you better than the person who even built this well? Because, you know, he was, he was a great man and he drank from it. And then he, once again, he mentions the living water saying, hey, those who drink it will never again be thirsty. And not only that, but, but the water will be eternal life giving. You know, this water is starting to sound better and better. And the woman says, I want that water. Ooh, I want it. You know, I want that water. And, you know, this, this, just think this, this woman came for a drink of water and ended up finding the wellspring of life. I mean, it, it's, it's so amazing. You know, Jesus and, and he alone quenches human spiritual thirst for meaning and purpose and thus represents life at its fullest and richest. And the woman at the well wanted that. She sensed that she not just wanted it, but she that she needed it. You know, she wanted what Jesus was offering, but but once again, you know, he knew her heart here, and it was and it was full of sin. I mean, just look back at her, look back at verse 15. It says, Sir, the woman said to him, Give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. You see, she's still kind of thinking about, you know, physical needs here. 
you know, but, but he's about to get real with her. You know, look at the next, you know, look what he says next. He said, go, go call your husband. He told her and come back here. And then her reply here, you know, I don't have a husband. She answered, you have correctly said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, for you've had five. And the man you now have, he's not even your husband. What you said is true. You see, he, he knew that she was deliberately living in sin. And he also knew that she still didn't fully get it. She was still thinking on physical terms, needing physical water to quench her physical thirst. She wasn't yet thinking about these spiritual matters, you know. And that's why he he went bam, he went right for the heart, didn't he? You know, he he cut her he cut her to a core and said, "Hey, you don't have a husband because you've had five. You know what you really need is living water, not physical water, but living water." You know, because he knew that she was deliberately living in sin. We see here the life that, that she led, one of lust. And, and Jesus, he knows our hearts, right? He knows the sin baggage that we carry, that, that no one else knows about. You know, the, he knows the, one, the, the, the sin baggage that we try to hide, and, and even the, the sin baggage that we try not to hide. You know, and he knew this woman's sin baggage here, that unrepentant sin, you know, the, the willful sin in our lives that, that, separ that separates us from God. And it can overwhelm us, and it can drive us away from God, from loved ones, from family, if it's left unchecked. And hey, you, you know, right now you may be in the thick of it, right? Like this woman. And in your heart, you know that you're living as an enemy of God deliberately. You know, maybe because, because of some hurt that has happened in your life, maybe some heartbreak, some past trauma, that, you, that you're having difficulty in, in moving forward from. Or maybe it's just pride. Like, I don't need God. You know, I've got, a, I've got everything going on all by myself. I don't need Him. But let me tell you something right now. You know, if you're struggling, if, if, if you're finding it hard to, to go through these things by yourself, it's because you need God. God isn't the source of your anxiousness, your depression, your loneliness, your heartbreak. He's the cure. You know, He's the hope. The woman at the well was living a life apart from God. And then here was Jesus, the Son of God, offering her this living water, this grace, this gift of eternal life, meaning that she would be, be with God forever. She would be His forever. Even though He knew her heart was sinful, He came down to her level from a place, a place of love and was willing to rescue her from her sin. And He wants to do the same thing for you. But you have to put in the effort and you have to let go of the sin in your life and turn from it. And that takes effort, by the way. You know, there's there's a girl I work with. And, um, you know, when, when she first kind of started working at the pharmacy with us, um, you know, she was talking about how uh, on her on her cell phone and her email app, you know, she had turned off the notifications because her her email was left unchecked for so long that the little notification bubble above her her email I you know app icon was like five thousand or some ridiculous number, and she said I just I just um you know I just turned off my notifications because it was stressing me out looking at it, and I just was like what I'm not, I was like why don't you check it you know why don't you fix it. And so you get rid of the problem, you know, because you're just putting a Band-Aid on it by, by by leaving those unchecked emails, by getting rid of the notifications, because then it's, it's still, the problem's still there, but you're just putting a Band-Aid on it. And so I remember doing that and, and having this conversation, and then she came back to work next week or, or whatever, and, and she said, hey, I, I fixed it. You know, I went through all, it took me a while, but you know what? I went through all my emails, 
and I, I deleted every single one of them, and now that notification bubble is back to zero. And she was so proud, and it was it was so it was so great. Um, and I was like, because you know, it, it, leaving that unchecked it causes storage issues in the phone, memory being taken up, and everything. And so, and then you're having to like search for anything worth worth importance. And um, and and so, but she was she said she had worked for four days, but now she has like like zero emails. And by the way, you know that that's a, like a perfect illustration for for how sin works in our life. If it's left unchecked, unrepentant, sin just builds up and builds up and builds up, and soon it just overwhelms. And we, you know, and then we just try to not like forget it. You know, we try to put that bandaid over it. We just like forget it and try to move on. And um, you know, or, or you know, out of sight, out of mind, or we try to rationalize it. But I'm here to tell you right now that there's a better way. You know, my own life is a testament to that, right? You know, my, you know, uh, before I gave my life to Christ, you know. Yeah, I was a liar. You know, I, I I had a problem with lying, and um, and I knew it wasn't that wasn't um the way to live, and um, you know, I was prideful about it, and um, and this was a, a part of my life when I was bullied a lot in in school, and so I tried to kind of hide a lot of that just by simply, you know, saying, hey, you know, um, you know, it's okay, or or i just i just tried to cover it up by by lying and and just and just you know with with pride and and i remember you know the the night i gave my life to christ you know there was it was in this it was at this this youth this youth conference and uh with the power team these big strong guys would do these amazing feats of strength like rip phone books in half if you know what a phone book is we don't really have those anymore but they would do all these things and then they would get up there and be like look you know um you know you think we're so strong but actually we're pretty weak you know, we struggle just like you struggle. We struggle, you know, with different things. Um, but without God, none of that would be possible. None of this would be possible. And, you know, and that cut me to the core because in my life, in my heart, I knew I was weak, you know, and not just physically weak, like I was being bullied, but I knew that, that the things I was going through, you know, I, I needed God. And, 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 and I, and in that moment, you know, I, uh, I gave my life to Christ. And so, so my, my life is a testament to that as well, you know, um, and, and the woman at the well, you know, has the same moment. We see this realization now. Look at verse 18. It says, for you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming. When you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain, he will, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. And so, moment of realization, right? We get that moment. And then look at verse 39. It says, Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more believed uh, because of what he said, and they and they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior 
of the world. And so and so we, we see not only the woman at the well realizing that this wasn't just a prophet or a fortune teller, but, but that Jesus was the real deal here. He was the Messiah sent from heaven to rescue them from their sins. Not only her, but then you have more lives are transformed because that she because if she went and shared the good news. Look, hey, right now, welcome to your diversion. It's no consequence that that you're here. It's no consequence that you're listening to this. You know, it means that God God has you in this situation for a reason. You know, he put you in this place for his purpose, and, and that's no coincidence. You know, just like the woman at the well. You know, he put you in a place where you can hear the good news of the gospel that says that Jesus came to this to this world. He he lived a perfect life only to be crucified and killed by sinners for sinners. He came to die for all of humanity, which means you and me. He took the punishment for our sin and paid it in full. The punishment for our sin, by the way, is death. And he died for three days. And then he beat death and he rose again, showing himself to his followers before ascending to heaven where he is, where he is today, waiting to return to judge the world and to bring his perfect kingdom here. You know, and that's the gospel. And it's all because God loved you. And, you know, warts and all. And it, it's personal. God loves you personally, sin and all. And like the woman at the well, he wants you to be with him forever. But you have to accept the message of the gospel. You have to put your faith in it and what Jesus came and did. And you have to believe in it. And you have to confess your sin, your brokenness, and then turn from it. Turning your life over to the one who 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 did the rescuing act for you. And you've been put in this place right now to respond because, you know, there has to be a response to that. You know, there has to be a response. Or maybe, maybe you know, maybe there's something that you're struggling with, some unrepentant sin in your life. You know, maybe an old sin has crept back into your life. And now, you know, now that you've got more time on your hands, now that summer's here and you're finding it hard to resist it. Or maybe there's been no resistance at all and you've welcomed it back like an old friend and that, that you, you don't really want around. And, and maybe there's some shame there. You know, some regret, and, 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 and right now you've been diverted and put in a place where, where you see what sin can do, but also you see what Jesus has already done. You know, he meets you where you're at in your sin and says, hey, you're not in it alone. Turn from it and turn to me and follow me. Pursue me. Pursue your sin no longer. Do what needs to be done and flee from your sin and run to me. Commit to me. Or hey, maybe you need to fully commit to Jesus right now as summer starts to be as summer begins or or maybe you need to make a commitment to to a, to your church, to your youth group. You know, to meeting together consistently for the sake of growing in your faith and growing together. You know, hey, Whatever it is, you know, don't don't waste it. If if God is doing something in your life, if he if he's pulling on your heart, if he's calling you to respond, I encourage you to respond. Don't put it off. You know, thank God for this diversion that you're at right now. You know, don't waste this opportunity that you've been given to respond to Jesus. You know, if you've come to that realization right now, you know, put in the effort and 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 respond right now. Hey, pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for for this time that we get together. You know, I thank you so much just for your word and, and, and what it reveals about, about the reality of sin and the consequences for sin, while also uh, showing us the reality of, of what Jesus has done. 
you know, I love reading these 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 interactions in in scripture because it's so real and it shows us, you know, the just Jesus is that he shows us your compassion, God. And I just I just thank you for it. The fact that you come down on our level, that you love us where we're at, and you love us so much that you don't want us to stay where we're at. And so God, I do pray for you know, for for conviction, you know, because we're not called to stay where we are. We're, you know, we're 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 called to to change. You know, though you are a loving God and you love us who as we are, who we are, but you hate sin. And God, you don't call us to live in that sin, but you call us to repent and turn to you, Father. And so I pray that that we do that daily. You know, it's not just a one and done thing, but God, but God, it's something that we need to be doing daily, repenting from sin and turning to you. So God, I pray that we can remind ourselves of that daily and have the, the strength, the courage, and the motivation to actually do it. But God, we love you. We thank you. Continue to um, help us grow this summer. Help us help us to continue on in, in what we're doing, Father. We love you. We thank you. Be with us now as we go from here. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I guess you were dismissed. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, you know, thank you so much for taking your, your time to, to hang out with us. Uh, but, you know, I, I hope you heard God speak to you, you know, wherever you are, you know, because the thing is, we all struggle. You know, we all we all struggle uh, with, with sin in our life. You know, we we all have a need for Jesus to meet us exactly where we're at. You know, and if, and if you're a believer, then you, that's that's happened. You know, he met you where you were and uh, it changed your life forever. Uh, maybe that hasn't happened for you yet, and so maybe you you have a need to do that, or or like I said, you know, and at the end of the lesson, you know, maybe there's some unrepentant sin in your life that that you need to deal with. You know, maybe that maybe you know Jesus is is calling you to to turn from from your sin and turn to Him. Um, but whatever it is, you know, I hope you have you have boldness in in committing uh, yourself to Him uh, completely. You know, we all have a need to do that. But I hope you really, you know, took something away from this lesson. I know I always do from this, you know, from this passage in Scripture. It's always such a powerful, a powerful message, especially at that end where, where, uh, you know, she, he, where Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that he is the Messiah. I mean, that's just, oh man, that's such great, great stuff. It's powerful, powerful stuff. But, um, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, you know, make sure you subscribe and, and give us some likes. Um, you know, let us know you. you you, you like the podcast, um, and you can subscribe so that you get updates when a new episode um, comes out. But um, thanks again, and hey, I hope you have a very awesome start to your summer. Uh, we'll see you next week, and I guess you're dismissed.